0: Oh, we, you know, I mean, we, we just let's, we, the bears are what we thought they were. What, what, they're what we thought they were. Say that one more time, play. Oh. one more time, oh. one more time. Oh. One more time. Oh. Bear Essentials Podcast is sponsored by Ken's Lager Brewery, located in Oak Park, Illinois. They're a local lager-focused brewery. The Bear Essentials Podcast listeners will receive a 15% discount on your order by using promo code BEARSPOD. Please visit them at kinslager.com. That's spelled K-I-N-S-L-A-H-G-E-R.com. Thanks for listening. Welcome to the
1: Bear Essentials. We are a Chicago Bears podcast for the fans. On today's show, we break down the Bears' loss against the Bills and much, much more.
0: A-Dub, man. What the fuck, bro? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man, a tough one, my brother. A tough loss. Man, audience, we're we going to get into that whole debacle that was that game because that shit there, there is so much for us to get into, A-Dub. I'm just going to tell you, I know people are going to say, guys, this, this the preseason Don't ring the the alarms or anything like that, but I saw a lot of things that concern me, A-Dub, but we're going to definitely get into each and every one of those things on this show today. Everything else good on your side, man? Yeah, man, everything is good, man. Had to catch up on that fight, you know, for Pacquiao. You know, had a fight yesterday, so had to catch up on that. I saw that, man. Was, you know what? I was pretty interested in that fight, man. I, I saw Pacquiao, man. He still had a little bit of that old Pacquiao speed. Did you see some of the punches? I was like, okay, Manny, I see you out there, bro. I
1: see <laughs> The old fella can still move a little bit, but man, he definitely lost that fight.
0: Oh, my God. His face told that story. <laughs> it sure <laughs> did, man. He was taking some hits, bro. You know what? It was funny, right? So watching the two different sides of the fight. So looking at Manny Pacquiao's wife, she couldn't even watch it. She was crying in tears. And then uh, the, the guy that won, the champ, his girl was over there posing for the gram. She was just chilling, smiling. She had no worries. So when I saw that, I was like, yo, she know who won. <laughs> yeah, man. Without, without a doubt. Yes, sir. Well, man, let's get into this show, man. So, audience, before we get into recapping that preseason game number two, we got to talk to you guys about some things that took place over the course of the week. A-Dub, the first thing I want to talk to the audience about, because they haven't heard our thoughts on this, is the Tevin Jenkins saga. So before we break this down, audience, you heard me and A-Dub talk about this for weeks and how our concern was starting to build with this thing because Nagy originally told us, hey, we should see this guy back by Family Fest. Right. For the first pad of practice, that didn't happen. When I was going out to Hallis Hall, a you went out there a couple times. We didn't see Tevin Jenkins out there. If we did see him out there, he was riding the bike. And so I thought to myself, hmm, this doesn't seem good. I brought up the names Chris Williams before, Gabe Karimi, Mark Colombo. Those are names that Bears fans do not want us talking about. But when I saw this injury, I started to think, oh, man, I hope we didn't get another guy here, man, that's going to need some sort of surgery in preseason. And then A-Dub, what do they drop on us this week? Tevin Jenkins is getting back surgery. Wow. That was
1: huge, my brother. And the fact that he's getting back surgery tells a lot, Prez. It was like, you already let you cut Charles Leno. Now you've pretty much been depleted. You had to go out and sign Peters. Now we're at a point to where we're trying to figure out who's going to be
0: our left tackle after this injury. Yeah, and that's a really good point because, and I'm telling you, there's a lot of people that have been, you know, in our mentions and saying, well, Prez, I don't agree with your, your, your viewpoint on Charles Leno. For the 1,272nd time, I do not think that Charles Leno was a great left tackle. But however, Charles Leno didn't miss games. He was available. And I'm telling you, I'd much rather have a fucking Charles Leno out there than what the fuck we got on this roster now, left tackle. I'll tell you that much. Absolutely. (laughs) And that's the key
1: factor there, Perez, you're bringing up. Because now, how good are these other guys going to be who's going to replace them?
0: And we're going to get into that because I don't really have too many nice things to say about what I saw on that offensive line. But we're going to peer the layers back on that in a little bit. But back to this Tevin Jenkins thing, A-Dub. One of the things that really troubled me about this situation, and this is something that I brought up to you on the last episode. I said, Tevin Jenkins missed three games in college with back-related issues. Right. Well, Nagy came out and revealed that the Bears knew about Tevin Jenkins' back injury before the draft. Now we start to connect the dots here and see, well, this is why Tevin Jenkins fell out of the first round, because he was a first-round talent. So now the Bears, <clears throat> Ryan Pace, trades up to get a guy that they knew that had a back injury. A-Dub, what are your thoughts on that part of the conversation?
1: At the time frame, it happened, Chris, for things that we don't know, right? Because we don't know what all took place or went into that behind closed doors. So everything looked good from a fan base, right? You see that we trade up, to get Justin Fields, and we trade up to get him. It's like, whoa, wow, we're on a mission, right? We're on our way up to doing some great things with this team. However, we didn't know how bad that back injury really was for us. You know, he we went through OTAs and all those different things, and nothing else really came out of it saying, hey, we got some concerns now. All of a sudden, when they get down to mandatory training camp, now you're starting to see this guys not there. Now we're starting to see trouble. So now it's like, okay, how bad was this back injury before we got to this point here? Did Nagy and these guys in Pace do their job, do diligence around his health? And right now, Perez,
0: it doesn't look like they did a good job knowing the fact that this kid could possibly miss the entire season. And what I'm also hearing is there was a pre-existing back injury, but what I'm being told is they're saying that this issue here that caused the surgery is a separate back issue. So when I heard that part of the conversation, I'm like, well, shit, my alarm bills just went even higher because now you're talking about multiple back issues for our second-round draft pick? To your point, Nagy's saying how we expect Tevin back at some point this season, but when you traded up to get this guy, you expected him to be on the field. You expected him to be your left tackle, or you wouldn't have cut Charles Leno.
1: Exactly. That's a key factor there, Perez, right there. If we're looking at this kid, like you said, looking to go right away, to start, Left tackle. That's huge. So, at all that, now we have more troubling back. This is very interesting here, Perez. And from my standpoint, I'm not so sure if this kid is going to have a long career. That's just my speculation because these back injuries don't tend to just go away, Perez, after one year or two years. These things tend to come back up again, especially in football, Perez, when you have a lot of physicality, you got these edge rushers coming at you hard, Perez, you got to block these guys and push them and all those different things. It's a physical game. How well can this kid back hold up? That's something we want to really pay attention to down the
0: road, but right now, this sucks. No, yeah, this is not what you wanted. There's also a situation where I've also said in the past on the show that Ryan Pace did not do a good job with this offensive line. You cut Massey, you cut Leno because these were cap-related expenditures, so they had to do it to get through some cap. But he had to make these moves because of prior poor cap management on his part, right? Right. So now you leave our offensive line thin, and now you have a situation here where we're dependent on a 39-year-old left tackle to see what he's got left. That's asking for a lot. Yeah, it is, Chris, especially for
1: an entire season at that, because you just don't know what's going to happen again with Jenkins, right? You're saying he's going to come back, but I really don't see it. Chris, that is a hole. That is a gap, Chris, a big gap. We're talking about protecting an Andy Dalton blind spot, right? How can we expect a 39-year-old to do great at this role, you know, down the road, who's acting through a lot of wars, had a lot of knowledge, Chris, and to now come out to be very good at being a left tackle.
0: Yeah, man. So it'll be really interesting. I have one thought here that I wanted to say before we get into the game recap. So I attended a couple of the practices last week at training camp. And I've already told you guys, listeners that Matt Nagy with this camp, he's really lighting the load on the players. It hasn't been a physical camp. He's trying to preserve their bodies. We have a lot of injuries, a lot of guys that have been getting dinged up. So, Training camp isn't the way it was back in the Dicka days or the Lovey Smith days where these guys were flying around on the field and hitting each other. It's just not like that anymore. So the practice that I saw on Wednesday, A-Dub, it was a lot of like 11-on-11 stuff. That was the one where Justin Fields sat out. It was a lot of Dalton and Foles. When I looked at it, the team, they had their pads on during the first portion of the practice, but then when they went to the drills portion, all the players took their pads off. And, and that was just a sign that I'm seeing there of, Nagy, you, you said that this was going to be a very spirited camp. You said that this was going to be a situation where you wanted to get the competitive juices flowing. I didn't see that type of vibe out there when I was out there. I also know that these camps, they're not going to have these guys doing a lot of live tackling. You're not going to be driving guys down to the ground because, again, A-Dub, you don't want to get players injured. But I wanted to get your thoughts on the fact of, okay. We've had two preseason games now, A-Dub. What we've seen, poor tackling. We see that our team isn't playing with that physical you know, chip on their shoulder. When you hear training camp being kind of lighter and the fact that they're not really practicing very hard out there, it has to concern you. When you take the training
1: camps light like that, Perez, it can kind of carry over on the field. And you can see how guys are missing tackling, all those different things, because now they're not being into a, getting into a consistent rhythm with it. So you wonder that, hey, does practice have a lot to do with the game time? And for us, Perez, it does, right? You practice how you play. If you're not getting to the physical part of the game often and you wait until game day to do it, that's a tough time to start doing that, Perez, to want to tackle now. You're late. You should do these things in training camp. You should be doing these things now with pads on, right, while you're in practices. So, yeah, it's starting to add up, Perez, to now we don't see that competitive edge. You didn't see that. There was no competition like that, Perez. So guess what? It
0: didn't carry over to the game either. Yeah, and one thing, too, now I will say this for our audience. They do work on a drill where they have a pad that's like a circular pad and they throw it towards the defender and it, like, simulates them tackling someone. However, I didn't see that drill out there the two practices that I was at last week. I'll tell you one thing. They better fucking bring that wheel pad thing out there on Monday for practice because them motherfuckers need to be hitting that thing Early and often. Right. <laughs> I hope they get their mojo
1: back, man. Because right now, pretty much you don't see that, Perez. So you want to see them get back to that, getting that edge back, getting that fire back, because that's what helps get this team going. But I do wonder how much is injury
0: playing a factor in all this, you know? Oh, they got tons of injuries. And that probably is one of the parts of why maybe Nagy took the his uh, you know foot off the gas a little bit. But I would say we still have to prioritize health and also preparation. It's a a fine line. So we have to do both of these things. And I know it's probably not easy for him as the coach, but you got to figure it out. That's why you're paid the big bucks, Matthew. Exactly. (laughs) Figure it out, coach. We need you to. Yes, sir. Now, my only other observation from practice from last week was the quarterbacks. They did like a bucket challenge. And what it was, they had garbage cans in each corner of the end zone. And so Fields, Dalton, and Foles, they all took turns, you know, trying to the football into the bucket so it's like a really cool accuracy type of deal and to be honest with you that was my favorite part of the practice because you know just listening to the fans ooh and on everything that justin fields did because as i mentioned he set out that wednesday practice so that was like the only really look that people got with for justin fields that day and justin was the first quarterback to hit you know to get the ball in the bucket do did it a couple times too the fans were pretty complimentary of him but That practice was pretty interesting. And that was also the same day that Andy Dalton basically said, told everybody, hey, Justin Fields is going to have a great career. But he said, it's my time.
1: (laughs) Yeah, man, I remember that comment. That was a deep one right there. (laughs) It's my time. And then, hey, you know what? Justin Fields will get his time at some point. Well, guess what? If it's your time right
0: now, you got to show us, man, if that is. You got to live by those words. You got to execute. Yeah, because this is my thing, A-Dub. I love confidence. I mean, in in my point, I didn't really find anything wrong with what Dalton had to say. I know the fan base felt a kind of way about it. What's he supposed to say? He's supposed to say, I'm just going to let this person come and take my job? No. He's got to stand on it that way. But when you start talking like that, you got to back that shit up. And now to get into the game yesterday, unfortunately, that offense was awful. Awful. We saw nothing. And I'm looking at this thing, and I'm like, Dalton, we've been on this show telling the fans, hey, Let's be patient. Let's give Andy a shot here. Let's, let's be fair to Andy. Let's let's take our time with Justin. But, Andy, you got to step up and you got to do something. And Matthew Nagy, what the fuck is going on with this offense, bro? Offense
1: does not look good, Perez. They look out of sync. They look out of rhythm. Does the play call? It matches what we're trying to do here. Everything just looks totally off, Perez, when we call plays. So
0: it's a huge concern at this point. So, all right. Fuck the score. Okay, fine. Yeah, we lost 41 to 15. The point that I'm really upset about with this game yesterday, A-double, is the fact that the Bills didn't even have their starters in there. We got fucking blew out by second stringers and third stringers. And Mitch Trubisky came in here and lit it up on us. Perez, it wasn't just
1: Mr. Trubisky lighting up on us. I will give him his props. He did light it up. But then you look at the fact that they were just running all the field on us as well, Perez. They got whatever they wanted against us, Perez,
0: in that first half. Yeah, Whatever but, they want it. but I also got to give props to Mitch because Mitch was back there. He looked confident. He lit those guys up. And if anybody that's listening to this show can't see that Mitch was fired up for that matchup yesterday, and that was his revenge game. That I don't know what you were watching. It started with him and it ended with him. As far as I was concerned, that first <laughs> half of that ball game, Mitch Trubisky controlled that tempo and he took it to that first team defense for the Bears. Man, Mitch came out firing on all cylinders, man. Felt like he had something
1: to prove to Chicago. That, hey, you all let me go. You thought I was trash. I know some of the fans thought I was trash as well. But I wanted to show you guys that, hey, I can play. Maybe a change to near center is what I needed. But I want you all to know up front that, hey, I can make plays. And he did. He made good plays. He threw some nice slant for his. The play was on target. He was on the money. So all you can say is tip your hat
0: off to uh, Mitch and give him his props. This is where I'll end it here with Mitch. In this game, you had the Mitch fans versus the non-Mitch fans as far as the Bears fan base, and they've been arguing on social media all week. I I stay out of that kind of stuff. My (laughs) thing is, I never had a problem with Mitch. I always thought that Mitch was a good kid. He just didn't get it done here. He moved to a better situation for him, and Buffalo's going to be that situation I think is going to help him get his career back on track because he's going to be working with a great offensive system there It's only going to be a matter of time, whether it's next season or the season after, that we'll see Mitch in a position where he'll be able to start again in this league. I mean, he has the talent. He's got the tools. He doesn't need to be in a system that's going to utilize his strengths. And what I'm seeing now with Nagy is continually excuses being made for him. Because under Mitch, it was Matt Nagy didn't have the quarterback to run his system, right? Now, we bring in Dalton. We got Justin Fields. So now we have quarterbacks that can run his system, but we're still seeing the offense, especially under Andy Dalton, not getting it done. So we have to start putting that pressure and applying it on Matt Nagy because, dude, you're running out of people to throw under the bus. We've been saying that. Where do people start realizing that this guy and his ego is the problem? Nagy got to
1: take some blame for this. Big time blame, Perez. And he had to take some blame for Mitch as well. And now he's going to have to take blame for what's happening at this point, where now the offense can't get on the right track. That's on Nagy. It's totally on Nagy. I'm not going to throw anybody else out there. I know we can talk about the offensive line, but we had the same issue last season. So Mm -hmm. at this point, how do we get around that?
0: That's on Nagy to figure that out, Perez. And right now, it looks like he has not figured it out. Well, I'm going to get into that offensive line in a little bit, but I want to still, I want to peer back the layers on this offense because I was not impressed by any of the phases on this team. Offense, defense, special teams, the whole thing was trash yesterday. (laughs) I agree. I want to just get back to a point that we were making a little bit earlier. just where the audience can kind of just get our viewpoint all around on what we're seeing. So I know, listeners, a lot of you right now in Bears Nation is looking at Andy Dalton and like, hey, I don't think this guy's the answer at quarterback, you know? But you also got to realize that Justin Fields didn't necessarily play up to his potential yesterday either. He made some misses out there. He didn't look as good as he did in that first preseason game. And what I will say is, the reason why we saw that is because of the offensive line. These quarterbacks were sacked. They had pressure. Justin Fields took a hit that he should never have taken in a fucking preseason game at that, a meaningless preseason game, and our fucking future franchise quarterback is getting hit so hard that his helmet is flying back 10 yards. That should never happen. And that is the reason, a why I'm over here saying, I don't want to be rushing to put Justin Fields out there week one against Aaron Donald and the Rams defense with this fucking offensive line. Shit.
1: (laughs) I fear for Andy Dalton, and I also fear for Justin Fields. The one thing that's in Justin Fields' favor is his mobility, right? He can move around a little bit more so than Andy Dalton can. Andy Dalton is limited in that department. But if these guys are going to go with this offensive line, it's no better than last season. Matter of fact, you can argue that it's probably worse than last season. If it continues at this rate, press, this is going to be an ugly season, man. It's going to be an ugly season for these guys and our quarterbacks are going to look worse than what they really are. I think we have some pretty good quarterbacks, but they can look worse
0: because the offensive line. Listen, when you lose a Charles Leno and then you replaced him with a 39-year-old Jason Peters, who we haven't seen yet. So I- I'm going a, I'm to a give him a little bit more bail before I go after him. We had Elijah Wilkinson lining up at left tackle, who has been awful. And in right tackle, you had Lechavius Simmons, who was also bad. So you got turnstiles there at tackle. Right. And we have our franchise quarterback again behind that type of offensive line. That is a recipe for disaster. Prince. You can't have that. You can't run the football when you got a makeshift offensive line. This offensive line is very problematic, very problematic.
1: And watching Simmons play press, it was really bad. I mean, the guy was getting beat. Couldn't hold his man, couldn't contain, couldn't get no good push. It was just ugly. I mean, you couldn't even run that area that well. It was hard, man, to watch. And if that guy going to be a guy protecting anyone, especially in passing, it's going to be bad. So I think that guy needs to, of course, improve. But, man, we can't go with that guy as our starter press. It's not going to work out
0: very well for us in the future. So I will say this. Last week when we were at the Dolphins game, the offensive line held up pretty well against the Dolphins. They didn't allow a sack. So I walked out of that one feeling, okay, we we, we dodged one here. But we did not have that same success against the Bills. Also, being without James Daniels, Jermaine Fetty, and obviously without our starting left tackle, who we thought was going to be Tevin Jenkins, there's a lot of bodies that are out right now. Also, let's take into account that Larry Borum, who was showing some promise there in training camp, he's been out for a while with that concussion. He was someone that I was looking at like, hey, maybe this Larry Borum kid might be able to slide in over there and tackle. So it's like, what do we have here? We don't have much at all to choose from, press And what this
1: does, what it really does, us is we talk about penalties that can happen. This is the reason why penalties happen, because guys are not out there in their natural position at times, us They're learning other positions at times and then they're trying to create some consistency. But at that time, for when you're trying to learn on the job, Perez, you're not quite there yet, right? Still got to press up a couple of things to get ready and prepared. And with that, Perez, that's what these penalties start to happen in. Miscount, Perez,
0: offsides, these kind of things start to occur because you're not quite ready. Well, and I was also going to put it out there on bad pass protection. So what you'll start to see with quarterbacks, whether it's Dalton or Fields, is if you're not giving someone time to throw, then their decision-making process is rushed. They're not going through their progressions. They're right. not reading the defense properly. And then that also leaves them susceptible to getting hit, which was my point that I made earlier about that hit that Justin Fields took. Justin Fields in that moment didn't account for that one rusher that was coming in on blocks. That's also another situation why he has to learn a little bit more about reading these NFL defenses. Because that was on him to know that that person was coming. He never even saw it. You don't want him getting hit like that. You really don't, And Then the other thing, and you take into
1: consideration as well, is that now you think about these penalties, how they add up now. So now you start to be third and long and all those different things, Perez. So now you got to really make a good play. They know it's going to be a passive play. Now you become more predictable. So this is what really hurts your team as well. When these penalties add up, these misreads and everything else, not on the quarterback, per se, but on the fact of our offensive line. And these things start to pile up with holdings and penalties. These things can all play a major part, Perez, to why a game can get really ugly. We talk about having these guys work on one accord, Perez. It's hard. It's going to be hard to see that with this unit right here. It's a lot to learn, a lot of opportunity here, Perez, to fix, to resolve, all within a few weeks. Uh-huh. That's a fair point. That's a
0: fair point. Now, I want to turn over to the defense really quick because, as I mentioned earlier, Mitch Trubisky, he got his revenge game off. This defense gave up 34 points in this game. 34 points. Mitch Trubisky had six scoring drives out of seven in that first half. He made that shit look easy. They passed the ball wherever they wanted. Those slant routes were there. They ran the ball. Devin Singletary did his thing. He beat Robert Quinn to the outside. Eddie Jackson missed another fucking tackle. Yeah, I saw you four. He was in there. This is stuff that I talked about him last season. Where you at? Make a play yes, man,
1: we're going to need to make some plays. He ran the wrong way. It's like when you, you go in from a safety to make a tackle, Perez, that angle he ran, Perez, he got blown right by.
0: It was like, oh, jeez, really, man? You weren't even looking for the tackle, were you, really? No, he wasn't trying to make a tackle. That was another one of his business decisions. He didn't want to take, make no tackle. He's looking at it like, it's preseason game number two, man. Go ahead and get in that end zone. Fuck yeah, that. Yeah,
1: man, exactly. And I was ticked off with Mario Edwards because he was there, too, it was him, Quinn, and then also your boy, Eddie Jackson. All three of them screwed that whole thing up. I get Quinn a little bit past because Quinn kind of cut him off, but it's like, come on, guys, make the tackle.
0: Make no, the I tackle. Don't, I don't give Quinn no credit because that guy doesn't get outside of Quinn, doesn't get there. You can't lose contain on that, Robert Quinn. You're a veteran in this league. So that's something that he's going to have to do a lot better of a job at because if you ain't going to get after the quarterback, then fucking don't be a liability in the running game. Do your job and fucking contain But Perez, keep in mind, this is why Robert Quinn
1: got less snaps. Because the fact is, we knew there was opportunity with him in the run game. Now, passing pressure, doing that, he was good, right? He was solid. But that's why he got limited reps when it came down to those rushing plays. And we can see right here, as an example, he missed that tackle. He's part
0: of the guys who missed that tackle. Listen, I'm not making that distinction. This man's making $70 million. Make a fucking play. I don't care. I'm with you, brother. I'm with you. Make the play, Period. Some of the other things that I saw in this game that really, really did make me feel a little good about the defense and what I saw was Artie Burns and Jalen Johnson, they look pretty good out there. They made some plays. Artie Burns was very solid out there. Kendall Vildor, he had some struggles in this game. I'm not going to lie. He was getting picked on. Mitch was going after him. I'm sure they saw something on tape. So... That's something that we're going to have to really think about with this cornerback position opposite of Jalen Johnson of what are we going to do over there? Trufant, Vildor, who's going to step up and take this job? But right now, I have a lot of concerns about the secondary. I'm with you, Perez, Jalen Johnson. The
1: kid was very good. He was very good in coverage. He was on his man. He contained his guy, Perez. I like the fact that he kept a lot of pressure on it, Even though he gave up that touchdown in the end zone, he still had pressure on the guy, you know? So I got to give Jalen John Johnson that part of it. He broke up a couple of passes too at the same time. But I got to say, this kid, man, is hungry. He's physical. He's going to continue to play. Um, As far as the other guys like Vildor, who kept getting beat on those slants, it was like, come on, guy. This is where we need you at. You're going to be in that area where you're going to be a slot corner, where we're going to put you at. You got to you be able to contain these guys. It's going to get worse, really. I mean, these are not going to be the, the best guys you're going to see from the Bills. You're going to see other guys out there from other teams who are very good in that slot area or on the other side to where you're going to have to really make some plays. And I thought with him, man, he got beat on a very few times where I was like, you know what? You got to do
0: better, that, better than that in coverage. And also Duke Shelley, who's supposed to be competing for that slot corner spot. He got tested often and was beat in coverage. And he's someone in the past on the show that I've said, hey, Duke Shelley, you now are a third-year pro in this league. It's time for you to take that next step in your development. The team is basically giving you an opportunity to win this job. Are you going to take it? Or are you just going to continue to look so-so in these games? Because in that game yesterday, he just looked so-so to me. Press. Mitch, Mitch Trubisky picked you apart. I'm not trying to take shots here. Mitch Trubisky picked you apart. I agree with you on
1: that, Press. The other thing, in addition to what you just shared, is that what bothers me a little bit, maybe it does for you as well, is when I see Duke Shelley and Vildor are in zone coverage on the same side. For some reason, Perez, they always get the assignment wrong. Like, who's going to pick up who in those coverages? It just bothers me. I'm like, oh, man, not these two guys again. So we got to fix that part. With zone coverage with those two, they're going to have to really do a better job
0: in that area. We saw that happen a, a couple times last season with those two on the same side and missed responsibility. So at fair point there, hopefully uh, Sean Desai is going to be coaching that shit out of those guys. And hopefully they zero in on that on tape review this week. Now, I do want to have some positives from the game because there were a couple things that I wanted to call out. I'm going to go on defense real quick and then we're going to circle back to offense. On defense, I really, and this is somebody that i talked about in the last episode and also from training camp, Tonga, the guy right here is looking like a fucking steal. Brother, this man, as I said on the last episode, eats up blocks and he's consistently closing off those gaps. So when he's holding up the the blockers like that at the point of attack, it's allowing other people around him to make plays. And he is a big man. So he's someone that I think is going to have a really good season for us here in 2021. That is a good pick right there. He clogs up that middle Perez. He was making those guys go
1: the other direction. I was like, whoa, that's what I'm talking about. That is impact right there. I would love to see more of him down the road. But another guy who I thought was doing legit work as well for us, Perez, who actually shocked me a little bit, who I'm proud of, is Travis Gibson. I thought he actually graduated, Press. He been make some good plays. That whole little fumble strip he got, man, was nothing more than, hey, I've been watching and listening to Khalil, Max, and those guys. I'm in the huddles and watching them guys on field and what they do to get better. So this just shows me that he's been learning and been working hard and learning from these other guys on the team.
0: Well, he shocked me because I've been calling this guy out to be a player to watch on this defense. And he is going to be a reason why Robert Quinn's snaps are going to be cut in half even more so this season because Travis Gibson, last year, he was a developmental draft pick. He didn't have a lot of pass rush moves. Well, whenever I've seen him out there in Hallows Hall this, up this summer and also so far in these games, he's showing a renewed pass rush ability. As A-Dub mentioned, he had that strip sack, which was nice. He had a really good game against the Dolphins where he got around Laramie Tunsil. This guy right here, the biggest thing that I like about him is that he sets the edge against the running game. That is what I was talking about with Robert Quinn on that play with Devin right. Singletary scored. Right. That is what you need. This is a second-year player that gets it. And shout-out to Travis Gibson. I got to chop it up with him last week at Hallis Hall, man. He, he signed some autographs for some fans. He took some videos. Really cool guy, man. Really cool guy. I told him, I said, man, six sacks this season, right? And he said, man, 10. I was like, shit, say less. Let's go. <laughs> That's what I'm talking about, baby. That's
1: what I'm talking about, Gibson. Let's go. That's right. Anybody else stood out to you on defense before we go back to the offensive side of the ball real quick? I think those are the two that really stood out to me, Perez. Other than that, it
0: wasn't a lot that I was really happy about. I'll tell you one thing on defense. It wasn't a lot I was happy about. So for me, Mario Edwards Jr., you, you talked about him on that play that he missed on the touchdown. But Mario Edwards Jr. had two sacks in the ballgame. And he was somebody last season that showed that ability to pass rush and get after the fucking quarterback. This man right here, I think, is going to have a really good season for us. Two sacks in a preseason game. I got to give you some props there, Mario Edwards Jr. And he's going to miss the first two games of the season because of a PED suspension. Right. However, I'm looking forward to seeing what he has to do. And also, Charles Snowden. He's another player that I've been watching at Hallis Hall. He's six foot seven, two hundred and fifty pound guy. Man, every time when I'm at the practices, he stand after late working with the defensive line coaches, working on his arm rips, working on his pass rush type of moves. And and when you see now, this is the second game in a row where he's having another strong outing. He had a tackle for a loss. He had about three or four tackles in the ball game. He's someone right here that I really hope that if he doesn't make the 53-man, that we can somehow get him back on our practice squad. Because he's someone I think developmentally-wise in the future will be huge for us. Man, that's, that's legit right there, Perez. He has a
1: shot, man, and I want to continue to see him make progress. I think he will. So, nothing but good things you can
0: say about him at this point. Yes, sir. So, yes, I wanted to just, you know, give you guys some positives because I know we ripped on the team a little bit, but (laughs) you know what? Deservedly so. You know, I feel bad for them fans that went out there to that game yesterday, man. I donated some tickets to one of our listeners and his family, and, and I'm sorry for those kids that that was their first Bears game, that they had to watch what they watched. They deserved better. We all did. Yeah, they deserve better
1: prez. That's the best thing we possibly can say around that, man. And, and it would be better, it'll get better. It will, it will. I'm really, I'm very hopeful, Prez. You know me. I look at the positive side of things, but I know we got a challenge ahead of us,
0: a big one. I don't see no positives until that offensive line gets short back up. If we get a fatty and, and some of these bodies back out there on that line, and we see what we got in uh in Peters, right? Or at Borum. If, if it ends up being him, I just need to see. Uh, better play on that offensive line. Because if we don't get better play on that offensive line, then David Montgomery's not going to realize his potential. He was someone that we said was going to have a breakout season. Well, he can't do that if the guys in front of him aren't doing their fucking job. That's the first part. Second part, Matt Nagy. Step up with the play calling, bro. You wanted this opportunity. You took this shit away. So guess what? Do what you need to do with this play calling because this offense should not be looking this bad. Outside of Andy Dalton making that one deep play to Adams, who I shouted out last week of how he played in the first preseason game. He continues to make plays. Outside of that one play, what did that offense
1: do in the first half of that ball game? Offense done absolutely nothing, Prez.
0: Nothing. And so when you look at that, when you look at Andy Dalton's numbers, his numbers were propped up by that one play. He still threw a pick. I've been watching him in training camp throwing picks. So... I need you to step up, Andy. If you're going to sit up here and talk that talk and say that you're the guy and it's your time, or act like it's your time. Yeah, man. And the
1: one thing about Eddie Doan that I don't see, Press, that I thought I would see more of is him directing traffic. Remember, we saw Justin Fields do that last game, not the second preseason game, but the first one. We saw Justin Fields directing guys, hey, go here, go there. I haven't seen Eddie dog do any of that, Press, at all. So I haven't seen him make an impact from a leadership standpoint, really. I mean, I'm not saying he's not a leader. I'm just saying I haven't seen that impact on the field. And right now, Chris, he's not looking very good
0: either. So he's going to have to step his game up, like you're saying. No, he's definitely going to have to step that game up. What did you think about special teams? In the first game, A-Dub, I had my concerns because I saw Waddle and, and, and some of those pieces from the Dolphins. They were ripping off some really good plays on punt return and kickoff return, and our tackling wasn't very good. I didn't really pick it apart on the first podcast recap for that game, but however, after watching us get hit with a 79-yard return touchdown on special teams, after watching us missing tackles on special teams, after watching our punt returners and kickoff returners not giving us much in the return game, I have some really big concerns about this damn unit uh, heading into the season right now.
1: Chris, I have my concerns as well. Matter of fact, I have concerns game one. When we saw game one, I was like, "Ah," I know you and I talked about it a little bit subtly, like, yeah, they got some concerns there, but, you know, let's see how things go. But it looks like it went from okay to being bad now. If we don't pick up special teams, Perez, this is going to be a hell of a problem for us. We can't have this kind of problem. It looks like everyone quit on special teams, including the kicker. <laughs> how he kicked that ball out there, man. The guy ran it back. Every once in a while, like they kind of got gave up on that, press. So for me, we cannot be having that thing, having those type of plays happen. We got to make good tackles. We got to go there, get the guy, man, put him down. We cannot be giving up these big plays on special teams. And the thing is, Perez, it's, it's not just one. We've seen plenty of guys run off a couple yards, 20 yards, 15 here and there on special teams. To me, it's still concerning because we give them too much more. And then now we see a big play happen to where they run it back to the end zone. Now we had a point like, hey, we saw it coming, and
0: now it hit us. So we got to do a much better job with stopping those guys. Well, this all comes back to uh, Ryan Pace again, because they made the decision to move away from quarterback Patterson. They made the decision to move away from Sherrick McManus. And when I'm looking at this coverage unit, Cordero Patterson was one of the best gunners in NFL last season and probably over the time that he was here in Chicago. And that's someone right now that we don't have on that unit. We don't have Sherrick McManus, who was a special team star. And this is someone that I thought, okay, because of his injury past and the fact that he wasn't able to stay healthy, I was okay with him leaving. But now when I'm seeing these two guys gone, there's a major void on this special teams unit. And we are feeling that right now.
1: Right, right. Yeah, man, it, it looks ugly. We don't look good at all on special teams. And even with us having Lil Herbert be a guy who can play kickoff return, and, and then you see how we are on the defensive side of it, on kickoff return, you know, um, kickoff, we're not doing good on either side of it. So it's like, hey, we got to start now focusing on that area really hard. And I, again, as I mentioned, I thought that that's what NAC was focusing on, Perez, but so far
0: it don't look good, man, at all. To your point, yeah, Pat O'Donnell, the punter, you know, he gave up on that touchdown run, but I'm not gonna come after Pat O'Donnell because out of anybody on special teams, he was the only one that was actually doing his damn job. Everybody else on those units, y'all need to step up. Exactly. We don't need to see Pat O'Donnell get hurt out there, Prince, trying to
1: make tackles right. because we got guys who don't want to do their job. You're right. He's been the only one that's really been working these past
0: couple of games. So you ask me, he's earned his money with those punts. Right, exactly. So I really think that they really have to do a better job, I would say, this next week, week and a half. If they got to bring in some bodies off of the street to get some guys that's going to come in here and make some plays on special team and they're going to tackle somebody, do what the hell you got to do. Because right now, this team used to be very strong on special teams. And now it's just another area that I think that this team has a weakness. And we really have to make sure that we're shoring that
1: shit up. Right, because we got to make sure we contain the field, man. We got to control the field positioning. And
0: we can't do that, Press. We in a whole hell of a lot of trouble. Listeners, you guys probably want us to delve into this Dalton versus Fields talk. So we're gonna give you a little bit of that. But right now, it's hard as fans to not look at what we're seeing and realize that Justin Fields gives us a better chance to win. Now, A dub brought it up earlier in the discussion. He said, listen, this guy's mobile. He can make plays with his legs. He can keep plays open. And that's an element with that mobility and that athleticism that in the season, it helps your team out. It buys time. It helps the receivers get a little open a little bit, right? So those are some things with Justin fields that you're going to get. However, with Andy Dalton, the thing that I still hang my hat on is the experience. The defenses that he's seen in the league, the offenses that he's run, that he has a little bit more familiarity with blitz pickup. Now, Matt Nagy did make the asinine comment after the game when they asked him about, hey, what's going to go on with this competition between Justin Fields and Andy Dock? And he says that I want to see what Andy could do in the regular season. Now, when he made that comment, A-Dub, I'm sitting here like, what the fuck are you talking about, Matt? We've seen this guy for over a decade in the league and it hasn't been all that impressive. So what do you need to see? Right now, you should have been able to see enough to give you all the evidence that you know who's the best quarterback on this team. Now, however, I still don't want Justin Fields thrown out there week one, but you should still at least be open to the idea that this kid should be able to be considered to be that guy at some point this season. You know what,
1: Perez? I think that's what Nag was trying to allude to, is that it's possible that we could see Justin Fields. He said, I want to see Andy Dalton week one. What he's pretty much saying is, I want to give Andy Dalton a chance. That's all he's saying. He's not committing to Andy Dalton for the entire season. He sees what Justin Fields is able to do. I mean, I saw, you saw it, Press The kid changed the offense. He really does. But the thing is, like Nagy is saying, let's see if Andy Dalton can have a very good regular season. Because so far, he's not having a very good preseason. (laughs) The first game, only played a few reps. This game here, he pretty much played almost the whole entire first half. So we got to change the seed. It wasn't that all impressive. So what he's saying is, hey, if he looks good in the regular season, maybe we're
0: fine. But if he doesn't, I can pull the plug at any given time. Listen, I've already talked about that type of element on this show in the past, about the fact that even if Dalton was promised that he was a starter, no one said how long that would be. That wasn't my my point there. My point there by bringing that up is Matt Nagy has to stop being stubborn. A lot of these issues with Matt Nagy's are caused because of Matt Nagy and his stubbornness. You have a kid here who has shown you through two games that he deserves reps with the first team. We were supposed to have seen that in the game yesterday, and we did it. We didn't see Justin Fields until the second half of the ball game. Justin Fields needs to get time with those ones on that offense because if he is going to get some playing time this season, then he needs to have experience throwing the ball to Mooney. He needs to have experience throwing the ball to Komet. He needs to have time working with David Montgomery, getting that cadence together, throwing the ball to a Rob, even though a probably not going to play this preseason. But my point is that he needs to get more time getting chemistry with the ones on this team. So Matt Nagy, when I look at this situation, Fuck that answer he gave, which I didn't like. The fact is that actions speak a lot of the words. Give Justin Fields some reps with that first-team offense. It's time. He's earned it. That is how you develop your quarterback. This is where you and I are on the same page.
1: That right there, what you said about getting Fields more reps with the ones, that's important right there, for sure. I thought that Nagy dropped the ball with doing that. He said he would do that this game. It didn't happen. So for me, Nagy got to hold himself accountable because I thought he was totally wrong by not giving the Fields an opportunity to play with the starters. That's going to be play very big dividends down the road for Justin Fields if we do those kind of things. We can't say, okay, when the season kick off, now give Fields a
0: chance at that point. So Nagy better clean that up
1: right away, press Right away.
0: I Honestly, if it were me, if I were the coach, man, I think Justin Fields should get the start against the Titans on Saturday. I think that that's the way that they should go with this thing. That should and make perfect sense because if Nagy's still on this whole thing that Dalton's going to start Week One against the Rams, which I think is a smart idea, because especially if this offensive line is still going to have these issues, I do not want Justin Fields starting Week One against the Rams behind a bad offensive line. But my point is, Justin Fields is only going to develop and learn by playing, and we see that in this game yesterday, that the Bills were blitzing the shit out of him. Right. Right those are experiences that he needs. He needs to get those mental reps and get those live reps in those type of scenarios. He's only going to get better from that because I guarantee you, in that Titans game, if the Titans do the same thing that the Bills did to him, it's not going to phase him like it phased him yesterday. Right. Now, I'm with you there, Press. I would love to
1: see Justin Fields go against the first units. I really want to see that. Playing with our first unit offense and going against the other team's first unit defense. That's good. That is good learning for Justin Fields. So I would love to see that opportunity happen because you make a good point, Perez. Maybe you don't start week one, but what if you think about you want to start on week two or week three, right? How much time for how much time have you had with the ones? To me, that's that's important, right? Like you were saying, Perez, he needs that time out there with Money Moon and, you know, with Komet or Graham out there with also a rop He needs that, that kind of chemistry to make sure those guys are on the same page, Perez. So therefore, there's no setbacks as a group. Yeah, because the point
0: is is he's been playing with the reserves. And what we've been seeing with that is the offensive line on the reserve unit has been inconsistent. The receivers that he's throwing the ball to, they've been inconsistent. There have been a lot of drops. There's been a lot of penalties. If they're going to give Justin Fields a proper evaluation, then that evaluation needs to happen with the top unit. So the reps that Andy Dalton has been getting with the top unit, he's done nothing with. Start giving some of those to Justin Fields, and let's see what he can do. Let's compare apples to apples here. That's all I'm asking for with this situation. I think Nagy afraid. <laughs> That's yeah. what I think it is, yeah. man.
1: you yeah. afraid that Fields is going to show him up, man. I'm talking about Justin Fields. Just, yeah. If Justin yeah. Fields do better than what he expects, it's going to like, hold on. But we already knew this as fans. like, hey, because we've been actually advocating for him. But I don't think Nagy is ready for that. I really don't, Perez. You know what I think it's going to do?
0: He's trying to keep the fan base, the national media, and the local media from asking him all those questions once Justin Fields shows him what he already knows that Justin Fields is going to be able to do. Matt Nagy knows that Justin Fields is the best quarterback on this roster. He already knows that. Yep. So you're right. He, he's also probably trying to play the lone game with this situation, but it's not going to work, Matthew, because Justin Fields has already shown us glimpses of what he's all about. And Andy Dalton has also shown us who he is. We already knew who he was.
1: But he's already shown it. Already shown it, my brother. And I don't see enough right now from Andy Dalton, press, to make me go, "Wow, we got us one, right?" Like you know, I just don't see enough of that part of him to say, "Oh, you know what? You that much better than Fields at this point." We talked about this already, press, but I still just don't see it even at this point. All we're gonna hear more, press, is more Fields going forward, because this kid continues to show us that he can, that he's able to deal with adversity. He can handle it. He really can. And he's actually making positive yards and making positive plays out of all this as well. I just
0: think for me, it's only fair to give a kid those reps. While he has developed nice chemistry with some of these backup players, these second and third stringers, these aren't people that he's going to be working with in the future. Some of these people aren't even going to make the team, first and foremost. Right. So he's got to get reps with people that are going to be vital parts of this ball club, first and foremost. Also, whether he starts week two, week four, or week six. That doesn't matter. The point is, give this kid some live bullets with some of these people outside of practice. Let him start throwing to some of these guys. Let him start getting some of that chemistry because that's when you're going to really know what he's all about and if he's truly ready. That is fact right there, press
1: Give the kid a chance. And that right now, Nagy is hurting him from a golden opportunity at this point. This is all on Nagy, Perez. It's not on anyone else. It's not on Andy Dalton, nobody else. This is actually all on Nagy. Justin Fields is further along than what we think, Perez. I think Nagy has to do the right thing and let this kid play with the first unit at times. And I think that's going to help. He's going to move us in the right direction. And I think we'll be fine in the long run if he does those things. Otherwise, what he's doing, he's holding his kid back.
0: And he don't want to do that at all. What good does that do for this ball club? Because then you lose the locker room, right? When you have players on this team that they're looking at this shit every day at practice, they know that this kid, Justin, has it, right? We talked about it on the show before. We know that this kid is that real deal. So if players start to see, like, wait a minute, why is this kid sitting? You know, you this is now the fourth season of Khalil Mack in Chicago. You heard it right here, listeners. Fourth season. I can't believe it's been four years since we had Khalil Mack. We got to stop wasting this guy's prime. Get an offense on this team that can complement that defense. Now, the defense didn't have a really good game yesterday, but I'm not going to come after the defense too hard. My focus really is on Matt Nagy and that offense. They got to do better than what we're seeing. Because that shit yesterday was fucking awful. It was awful. Outside of Rodney Adams making that play, I didn't see anything that gave me any confidence that Mad Nagy's figured out this offense. Yeah, I was ticked off with that
1: part of it as well, Perez. We can't fumble the football either. David Wynn was fumbled. That definitely pissed me off too. So it's like, look, all these wolves that are happening this early in the game, it's too much. Any dog not cooking. The running back is not doing his job. Offensive line not doing well. Press it's too much in one game. That's problematic. You can't win that way, press. Then you add on special teams that you talked about as well. It's too much going on, press. That's going wrong. What do we start at? What do we fix first?
0: Because <laughs> it's too much happening, my brother. Yeah, it's way too much. I just look at this thing and I think that they really need to go out there next week. And really make sure that they're getting the most out of that practice time at Hallis Hall. And when I go out there this week, listeners, I'm definitely going to be watching to see that intensity. Because if I don't see that intensity, I'm getting right back on this show next week. And I'm going to let you guys know what I think about it. Because you got to have that intensity at training camp. we got to turn up the volume. You can't play the way that they played on Saturday and then sleepwalk through training camp and have another for week of practice. Fuck that.
1: Prez, you are spot on, my brother. That's a good word to use, intensity. All these things that are playing factor to it. Like, look, they look at last game and say, hey, we didn't give it our best effort. Now we got to come out and practice and do all the things right, repetitiously. Right, Perez? Hey, hold ourselves accountable. What Sean Desai wants to do, what Nagy's guys talked about doing, holding people accountable. This is the time
0: for him to do it right now, Perez, and now come back better for the next preseason game. All right, so you brought up Sean Desai's name, so I'm just going to go there. Now, while we've had a lot of his players Give him props. They call him the, the math scientist. He's not- been taught about his acumen, how intelligent he is. But, Coach, can you teach these fucking players how to wrap up a ball carrier, though? I'm sorry. I'm tired of seeing people bouncing off of our guys. I'm tired of seeing our all-pro safety taking poor angles to fucking make a tackle or give the illusion that he's trying to make the tackle. I'm tired of seeing our $70 million defensive end not playing well in this running game. Can you work with these guys on these things? We got to get this shit under control. I don't care if this was preseason or not. You got to be prepared to fucking tackle people, whether it's a receiver, a tight end, or a running back. Come on, coach. Get this shit on together with this unit, bro. Coach Desai got his work cut out for him. This
1: team, that's all on defense, Perez, this last preseason game, they weren't disciplined at all. Too many mistakes, Perez. And I think you hit on the head. That all falls on holding people accountable and also make sure your team is disciplined. And I think Sean decides I'm going to have to work through this whole entire process, Press, to make sure these guys understand their assignment. And the most important thing, us, like you said, is tackle. That's yeah. the most important thing you got to do on the field. If you can't tackle, Press, we're done. Mm-hmm. We're cooked. So yeah. we can't do that thing right there. Sean decides I'm quite sure is going to hold these guys accountable to that. But, man, I'm willing to see, Press, how these guys come back better. You're going to be at practice, that's one of the things I'm looking for if they're all in passing, they tackling, right? We're looking for that. But I'm also going to be looking for that in the game as well, press. Who's missing tackles? Who isn't? And I think those are the key factors we got to make sure we sure up, press, prior
0: to the season starting. For sure. Before we get out of here, A-Dub, we talked about some of the guys on the defensive side of the ball that we thought had a pretty good game. Give me a guy on offense that you thought had a pretty good game outside of some of the people that we've already talked about. I thought you hit on Rodney
1: Adams already. I thought you hit on him. I thought he played good. I thought James, tight end, thought he played good as well, Press He still showed us that he wanted to be part of this team as the third guy. So I saw a couple of guys, a couple of bright spots from those guys who actually stood out that really showed us they want to be part of this team going forward.
0: And to piggyback off of your point on Rodney Adams, that's the guy that's making this 53-man roster. That's the guy right there that came in here on this team as a long shot to make the team. And he's coming here and he's made plays all training camp. And now we have back-to-back games where he's showing out on the field. And congratulations to Rodney Adams. I heard his daughter was born the day before the game. So shout out to him. He did like a little celebratory dance there for the touchdown, and that was for his daughter. So, man, shout out to him. He's been a really big bright spot. And let's just be honest. Javon Williams, Riley Ridley, it's not looking too good for y'all brothers because this guy right here is just continually to show
1: out. And Rodney Adams really wants it. He's bringing it every day, Perez. He's out there playing hard. He's getting open. He's giving his all. So for me, I can't do a ride with a guy like that. But another guy, man, that still got me excited is Khalil Herbert. I know we talked about him before, Perez, but he's still come out to show something, man. He's still out there showing. He's out there working hard, Perez. He's um, playing dual jobs. Again, we saw him on uh, special teams with um, kickoff return. And we also saw him in the backfield. So for me, I still like this guy, how he works with Justin Fields. They look good together, you know? Look like a good, nice little dynamic duo, Perez. So I got to say, when these two guys work together, they do a good job.
0: Yeah, I-, I got no problems with that one because that's somebody that I highlighted last week just about his vision, right? It's really impressive. Right. His burst in the short area. Is really awesome. And he showed that on that touchdown run. And so now with Khalil Herbert, to your point, he's now had back-to-back really good games out there. And I'm telling you, now I do go after Ryan Pace a lot. This is going to be another story of a kid that Ryan Pace hit on late in the draft because this now is a six-round draft pick that I think that they found something here. They did, Press. I feel
1: the same way you feel. Kudos to him want to see him continue to have some more success, I want to continue to see him get better. So that's a guy that I know we keep on our radar. We talked about him a lot, Perez, and I'm looking forward to see him again, man, next game.
0: Yep, next game. So I'm looking forward to it as well. Next up, we got the Tennessee Titans here on Saturday, 6 p.m., local time here in Chicago. So we'll definitely see what this team does leading up to that ball game. But I would say while there's no official quarterback competition, Justin Fields, a dub is continuing to put pressure on Matt Nagy to change the way that he's going about this whole situation with the quarterbacks. And it's also, also has to be making it extremely hard on his coaching staff to try to preach patience, with not only the fan base, but also with the people in the locker room when they see what's going on out there in the field. So that's something, A-Dub, that I'm really going to be looking forward to in this final preseason game against the Titans. Yeah,
1: man. Me too, Prez. Justin Fields have made his case, man, for us. Um, he really did. He put on a nice little show. The kid really is humble, Perez. He's getting better. And he's also saying all the right things. I even got to give him credit for how he actually backed up Andy Dalton, Perez, when he said the fans were cheering Andy Dalton on, you know, during the game. He was like, you know what? I think it's kind of disrespectful to um, cheer for uh, for me while Andy Dalton is playing, you know? Um, and he kind of thought that was disrespectful for the fans to do that. The point is, this kid is standing strong with his team, no matter where he's at, Perez, whether he's on the field or not. He's a a true leader. And for me, I got to love that about Justin Fields. So when he gets his
0: time, Perez, it'll be a joy to watch, but I can't say enough about him, about his leadership skills. No, that's a fair point. And also, too, we saw where he clarified those comments that were made after the Dolphins game, where he made the comment about the speed of the game and how it basically was easy for him. He was saying, hey, I didn't mean that to disrespect the Dolphins. I was just saying that I was playing against second and third stringers, and every day of practice I'm going up against a first-string defense with the Chicago Bears defense. So also thought there, he didn't want to come off looking like a cocky rookie. So right. I respected
1: that. Yep. In addition to that, Perez, it's causing distraction. He's like, I don't want to be that kind of distraction to this team. I want to say all the right things and do all the right things. And that's my goal to go out there, work hard, get better, and execute in the field and get touchdowns. So this kid has the right mindset, Perez. We're looking to see this kid
0: play, man. Looking for more of that. Oh, totally fair. So things that I'm looking forward to in the next game here increased effort there on special teams. I need to see some plays out of Daz Newsom and Khalil Herbert because we're not seeing that showing up right now. Tackling on defense. Coverage of that secondary and Matt Nagy show us something on fucking offense and get Justin Fields some fucking first team reps. That's true.
1: We need to know who the hell we are on that offensive line.
0: Who are we? (laughs) You don't want me to answer that question because if you if you look at what that shit is now, that shit's trash. That's who they are.
1: (laughs) (laughs) It is trash, man. But we gotta make some huge development there, man. We're gonna need something because we cannot have our two quarterbacks out there playing with trash.
0: We'll see audience thank you so much for your continued support of this podcast as always we appreciate it we are looking forward to this upcoming season without further ado it's a dope ass episode and we are out A dub, gonna sign us off bruh thanks for listening to the very centers podcast you can
1: find this show on apple podcast spotify stitcher icart radio amazon music and google podcast thanks for your continued support of this show Bears Nation, come down with us.